Guys, I have a brand new hour of stand-up material that I'm actually filming as a special. It's going to be coming to you very soon. February 2nd at the historic Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Go get Tiki Wikis. I'm really proud of this work, so have fun. That, that theater, the Ryman, is literally historic and awesome. Make a trip down to Nashville just for that because it's a great city and a great venue. February 3rd at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. That show is almost sold out, so if you want to get the tickets, go get them. And then February 9th, Grand Sierra Resort, Reno, Nevada. And then the next day, it's right before the Super Bowl. Come to Reno. Come see my show. We'll get a prostitute legally. We'll go to the Super Bowl. ChristyComedy.com for Tiki Wikis. That sounds fantastic. It's yeah. an awesome hour, too, so absolutely go Thank get you. those tickets. MikeCannonComedy.com for my tickets. That was a hell of a lot of lung butter. I just coughed mm-hmm. up. January oh. 26th and the 27th, I'm in Chandler, Arizona at Mike Drop Mania. Four shows for that. Tickets are moving, so please go get those. Then in uh, in February, February 15th, I'm in Austin, Texas at the Vulcan Gas Company. One show. Then the the twenty the February 16th through the 17th, I'm doing four shows in Fort Worth, Texas at Big Laugh in uh, in Fort Worth. It's a brand new club. Very excited for that. All of these dates, I think I got some stuff in March as well. Really pushing this stuff. But all of these dates are leading to my special filming, which Chris is is producing. Very excited for that. It's going to be, uh, we're not fully announcing the date yet, but it's in April on the early side. So just keep an eye out for that. And uh, MikeCannonComedy.com for all those tickets. I'm not producing it anymore. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Chrissy Chaos. We have with me, as always, Mike Cannon. What's up? On the ones and twos, Vito Record Ralph Khaleesi. And then John Jihad, John Grady, here, <laughs> queer. Johnny Low Eyes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Johnny Low Eyes. JLE. Um, go Mets. So, and of course, as always, coming to you live from the Hive, Slam Magazine Studios, slamming them back. With Mike Cannon, because nothing says basketball like two straight white males with Timbaland boots on. <laughs> That's right. Have you seen that guy at West 4th Street that, like, just it challenges people as they walk by? He's wearing full, like, laced up tight Timberland boots. No. And he just tells people, let's play one-on-one. I'll play you for 100 bucks." And he crushes he them? He annihilates them. Has such old-school New York game, too, of just, like, shoulder bumps. Yeah. Like, you know, walks, whatever, pivot foot nonstop, yeah. hook shots. It's yeah. awesome to watch, yeah. dude. Dude, I immediately, as soon as I walked in, Mike and I both, I noticed that Mike and I both were wearing Timberlands, and I immediately got furious because I'm wearing the girl ones. Jasmine <laughs> got me the cream bottom ones. Mike is wearing the classic New York Timbs. Can you see them on camera? Dude, Mike is wearing yeah. the classic New York Timbs, and I'm wearing the little bitch boy <laughs> ones, and I'm furious, and I'm genuinely mad at Jasmine. You do look like you should have a shiny bubble jacket on and hoopy rings with your name in it <laughs> Chrissy. just gorgeous puerto rican girl timberlands yeah. these were purchased by a fella mm-hmm. uh, i got shoes bought for me by a guy i am i'm not 50 cent i would take p diddy up on his offer to go shopping 100 this guy in florida just as a fan it was like hey man do you want timberland boots and yeah. i was like what uh, yeah sure and then he got me these timberlands showed up at the show gave me a box i feel mass like i feel like somebody's girlfriend wearing these right but you know Dude, i feel well taken care the of he- as well. the timberland boot is amazing it's snowy and icy in new york city here today i i the problem is because of my dumb achilles yeah. injury i because this boots are slightly heavier than a sneaker the pain i feel in my achilles 
is next level. And let's be honest. Is there anything gayer than the Achilles? No. Even like, oh, he got dipped in a little... <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Holding him up like I this. dipped my little Achilles, <laughs> and he can't feel any pain unless it is little itty-bitty Achilles. So I feel like my Achilles... And by the way, being gay is powerful. Even an I'm not arrow sh- going through it. Yeah. He definitely went, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> ow, now I'm going to die. <laughs> The Achilles injury is the gayest injury, and it's the gayest part of the body. The Achilles, I think the Achilles yeah. is gayer than the penis, and I'm not using gay. I'm not saying Negatively. gay is negative. I'm no. saying just factually. Just as deviant. Just as deviant, but the <laughs> Achilles is so gay. It's gayer than my butthole. It is. Well, that is why Kobe, while he was shooting those free throws with a torn Achilles, he kept reaching back to his asshole. Yes, the, gay, <laughs> the gayest thing men can do is rub Achilles. Dude, it literally like it's so the it's so beyond frustrating. It's so beyond frustrating to to have this the Achilles is nagging, dude. Yeah, it's I'm gonna call the Achilles my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Give her an Achilles nickname. That's yeah. not too bad. Hey, call her Achilles because she nags me because <laughs> she constantly, constantly is bothering me from the back. Yes, but it, do you? So because I feel. I feel like not a man, like, you know, these you, walking around, everybody looks cool in Timberland. Yeah. But I, I, I'm always looking at it, at it where people walk and they seem to be comfortable and they're moving around and it seems to be like kind of a, a shoe that they feel fine in. I'm like clomping around, having to lift my feet, like feeling really held down and not athletic at all. Yeah. And so this is, that's how you feel while wearing I do. it or it's just I do. because of the injury. And like taking the, taking the train here, I'm like, I'm like, Literally, I had this thought walking up the steps of the train. I was like, well, at least because my boots are heavy, I'm getting a good glute workout. (laughs) Like I literally, by the way, we need to get a table. I I can't stand looking at my fat thighs just bunch up (laughs) on these cameras. And me and Mike's fat thighs with our Timbaland boots, we look like peaches. I need a table, dude. I only want people to see me from the button up. So slam if you're listening. Bring it a table. <laughs> there was also, I don't know about you, but there's moments of this show where I like, you know, turn or I'm so bunched up that I feel like just the the clitoris of my penis yes. is showing through the yeah. denim. And it's just this absolute mess. You Dude. had a table, but you didn't have like a front on it before. So like, yeah, we, we saw we still saw your legs and your lower body. So I want to get uh, a table that covers us. Yeah. You mean a desk? Maybe. A desk. That's what I want. No, this is what we should do. We should go full-blown Uncle June from Sopranos, and both of us wear blankets. Ooh, FDR. <laughs> Just yes. blankets with teacups. We should come in like FDR in wheelchairs with blankets. <laughs> 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 Every show we just have full polio. <laughs> Dude, I literally and you know what else too? I've been off, you know, I I I speak about this weekly because I think it's important, but getting off social media yeah. and just being on it like in a small way um and trying to follow positive uh, accounts and all that and using it cuz I I can't you can't release social media from your grasp entirely. We don't live in that world. So just how do I use it productively? But once in a while, old clips of me will come up from like the summer yeah. and ju- all I was, I was relatively the same weight. Maybe I'm a little heavier, mm-hmm. but I was just more tan. Yeah. And I literally want to cry when I see myself from <laughs> six months ago. Cause I'm like, look at how nice, 
nice you looked. And now yeah. I just feel like a fat, pasty piece of shit. But it's all in my head. Fat, pasty piece of shit. That is merch. Yes. <laughs> That's like your new clothing line. That's our fan base. But, <laughs> but also, I think it's, I mean, we are plumb in the middle of January right. in New York City. I forget about seasonal depression or what effect the winter right. has on me every single year. <laughs> I'm like, why am I suicidal on January 20th every yes. year? And it's like, oh, it's because you're just beaten down by the cold, gray doldrums of winter with right. nothing on the horizon to celebrate. Right. Nothing. I think, Vito and John, do you guys feel fat and out of shape and pasty and depressed? Do you guys feel good today? What's your feelings? Vito, go first. Uh, I, I have felt like shit since the wedding. <laughs> so I went, to a, I went to a wedding on New Year's. And I wore my. That's nice. Way to go, whoever had that wedding. Thanks what for. A, I appreciate it, you selfish what fucks. What a true sack of shit to yeah. think that everybody needs to start their year with you. Great. And, and even worse, like, so my wedding was October 21st, meaning that wedding was right after the holidays, after like you let loose after right. your wedding. Yeah. And I made the mistake of saying, I'm going to wear my custom built suit for my wedding to this New Year's wedding. Oof. It didn't fucking fit. No. Whoa. I and how many months later was the New Year's Eve? Was your October wedding? October 21st to oh. New Year's. So about two, two months, months later, and it already didn't fit. It already didn't fit. It was a custom-built suit. So basically that suit built for like one week of your life. So I, I love that you're saying custom built as if there are people just nailing it together. <laughs> what? Yeah. Assembling a wood yes. shell. Vito wore a wooden suit to his wedding. <laughs> uh, so I, I cranked out a 44 hour fast. Okay. Nice. Did it work? Uh, it, it, it fit better. It, right. it fit better than it did before the 44 hour fast. I love See, that. the thing is with the fasting, you know, I'm a big proponent of it. The, the, those 44 hour ones are great, but those aren't sustainable. Those are like good for resets. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, what I, you know what I think the difference is from where I was this year versus last year? Last year, I had, now last, listen, last year I was living in a house on Staten Island where I made my garage a gym. Yeah. So those days, these cold winter days were like today I didn't work out. Mm hmm. The old me would have at least gotten 20 minutes in my little gym right, and kept right. that consistency where now I didn't work out yesterday. I barely did anything. I didn't work out today. And then that will snowball into I'll get back to it Monday. And those five days you think don't make a difference yeah. literally changes the scope of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with us, because I feel like you and I store food in similar ways we're yes. like we our first first half of our lives were all sports so we could eat high octane dog shit and just burn it off no matter right. what <laughs> literally right? high octane dog shit <laughs> i would i would pour red bulls on dog shit and eat it <laughs> i mean to the point where dude i farted in my car after a game and my aunt mickey pulled over and, <laughs> and she she was dry heaving and like almost throwing up in the fucking driver's seat of her minivan like that's the yeah. type of of food i was taking in yeah but now because we still have that kind of mindset where it's like oh we work out like it still burns off just as easily yeah. we eat similarly because our brains have been trained to enjoy food that way right and then yeah each and every you, you could feel yeah. the additions <laughs> Vito and john be honest do, do our faces look chubby or does my face look chubbier here mike looks slimmer you look chubbier i look slimmer really yeah fuck, fuck. that was damn awesome I mean, versus radio city when you like were, like <laughs> yeah that's like saying to me when you feel slimmer now or your wedding day right but do you think i potentially look chubbier because of my beard maybe <laughs> <laughs> no you, what beard, do you think john a beard is contour makeup for men slimming 100 like yeah. yeah beard is slimming yeah so you think my face looks chubbier you just need to clean the beard. You you got the fucking you got too much neck beard going. John's on. saying I don't look chubbier. Vito's saying I am. No, he said that a beard is slimming. He didn't say you don't look chubbier. Uh, Damn, I don't think you look chubbier though, at all. Thank you, Mike. I think you look paler. 
Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing that I know now that I didn't know back then or that I always have known. But what the truth is, if you have to when I was in tip top shape or what for me, I never even had to ask anyone because I knew I was doing the work. But when you're not doing the work and you start asking people, it's really like whether their answer, whether they tell you the truth or not is irrelevant. Yeah. You know, you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're wearing your feelings. So if you feel fat, it's because you're not doing the work. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not, don't don't let somebody else, you know. It's similar to like going into an, an audition, yeah. a set or whatever. You know if you've prepared. Exactly. The nerves leading in are a different nerves if you've yeah. also not put in the work. If you've huh. put in the work, you do feel nervous, but then a part of you is like, once I get up there, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. But you know, like if you don't put in the work, you're like, yeah, this is, this Dude, is crumbling. I want to meet Aunt Mickey. I mean, she sounds like just an <laughs> upstate lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with with a haircut like a catcher's helmet. It is and, exactly her haircut, dude. I love her haircut it. is just the front part of Kate Gosling. <laughs> like it's just all kind of like Chris because she's from fucking Western New York up near Geneseo. Yeah, no, we don't talk like much of my extended yes. family. I have no relationship on your with father's her side or mother's side. Mother's side. Nice. Believe it wow, or not, yeah, we're fractured all the way down the middle. Hell yeah, but, baby, uh, dude. I used to go. She lived in Geneseo when I went to Geneseo. Right. So I. Actually actually had family five hours away that were local to where I was right. going to school. So it was kind of nice. But I was also on clenbuterol at the time. Oh, which, which is, is a, a steroid, right? Yeah, yeah. steroid slash horse, horse asthma medication right. that, like, it makes you build lean horse muscle. Horse asthma. While, yeah, it burns, it burns your fat while building lean muscle. Cute. But tremors are, like, a natural byproduct. And I would go with my friends to eat dinner at Aunt Mickey and Uncle Carl's house. And we'd be sitting down and my Uncle Carl's a vet. And I'm just trying to like pick up a drumstick and eat it while I'm tremoring. And I like just posed the question. I was like, so Uncle Carl, I was like, you've heard of uh, clenbuterol, right? And he's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've worked with horses that have needed that medication. Right. And I'm like, well, one of my friends is taking it as like a supplement for, for working out. And he like dropped his fork, shattered a glass and was like, you need to tell your friend to get off that like yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, literally <laughs> I'll convulsing in his face, breaking out into a cold sweat. And I'm like, you got it, Uncle K. Yeah. I'll let him know. Uncle K. Yeah, man. I steroids, you know, is back in the day stuff. I I, I haven't partaken uh, in years, but I'm, I'm I every day I'm like I'm getting closer and closer to just being like, just start taking them again. Well, the moment I shoot a successful rope inside of my wife, the next day, like, are you guys she, trying for another booby? Oh, we are, buddy. We got, yes. I got some stories for that. Some hell yeah, dude. If, if, if you want to get so, into so, it. So yeah, because you had asked me uh, before, you were like, hey, is it? Can I still get her pregnant if she straps on a dildo and bangs me in the ass? And I told you no. Because you were like, hey, dude, you have a doctor degree in physical therapy. You'll know this. And I said, no, you can't. So now you're not doing that anymore. No, no, we stopped doing that. Good. She did. Uh, she tried to oblit obliterate my prostate like wreck and roll. <laughs> yes. no, no, it's it's intact. Yes. Uh, but now, yeah, I'm just full-blown leaving it in, emptying the clip. Good. Just Heinz ketchup bottle, tapping the 57, trying to get Good. Every flavor spice into her. Good. See that, and that's interesting because I have, you know, I've I've three kids. I have two biological daughters and and my stepson. And um, but I was saying, you know, the the other day, my daughter, my eight year old, we my we pick up. My, I go to pick up my two year old from daycare, and sometimes she'll come with me, Delilah, my eight year old. And yesterday she goes, Dad, I'll go with you to pick up Violet, and mm. I was like, Great. And she goes, and you know what we should do? When you're home, she's like, we should make it our thing where you and I, before I do my homework, 
me and you go to the coffee shop right by Violet School and we talk for 45 minutes about my day and your day and we just have me and you time and then we pick up Violet. Right. And I was like, you're literally a better man than I could ever be, <laughs> you little eight-year-old girl. And we did it yesterday, and literally, she go, she said, to, like, she's never even said this to me, where I got her hot chocolate, I got a coffee, and, um, and she, goes, uh, she goes, so how was your day? And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, she's never asked me, like, about me. And then I was like, I was like, it was good, and then I started telling her what I was doing, and then she started talking to me about her day, and then... I said to her, I was like, what do you actually want to be when you grow up? Like, mm. there's no wrong answers. And she was like, honestly, because I thought most kids say, like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be, you know, a professional ball player. But she was like, I want to be a fashion designer. And I was like, that's specific enough where I was like, are any of the other girls in your class, mm -hmm. you know, I thought maybe from Barbie or whatever, do they want to be fashion designers? Yeah. She's like, no. All the other kids told me they want to be astronauts. Or one girl said she wants to play the piano. And also, I was like, knowing well, your daughter, that fits. Right. Like it actually fits her personality and what she puts out there. Yeah. Like she could very well be a fashion designer. So right away I was like, let's like I had like a, you know, my comedy notebook with me. I always have it on me. I was like, let you I don't know how to sketch. I was like, why don't you start sketching some stuff? And yeah. like, let's meet, let's do this like weekly. I was like, it was one of those things where it's like, I love my kids, like I, I do, but so many times in the day they're home on their iPads yeah, yeah. or we're running around. I was like, I almost never just sit and talk to her, just her and I, mm. no distractions in the house. And I was like, oh, my God, I right. have to do this like every day now. I'm like, talk to her. And, the, and, and I had this feeling of like being like, am I a good parent or a bad parent? Where if this is the first time I but and I thought when I went home and told Jasmine, hey, do you know Delilah wants to be a fashion designer? She'd be like, yeah, we've known that for years. Right, right, Even right. Jasmine was like, I didn't know that. Yeah, She's yeah. like, that's awesome. I think you're you're having and I have this as well. I think there's a thing called like parental amnesia where you forget some of the great stuff that you've done that has even led her to feel comfortable enough to say that to you in the first place. Right. You are a good parent because she asked how your day was. She told you without struggle what she wanted to be when she grew up. Right. So just considering the environment that you fostered and her comfort level to just say that, that means you're already doing a great job. Right. But also... You've probably you've talked to her alone. Like it's hilarious yeah. to say I've never sat down and talked to my kid one on one. But for a hundred percent before your before your your biological second child got there, right? When you were spending time with her solo, like there's there's a lot of unaccounted time that you've spent with her that is developed again, fostered the relationship that even gets you to that point. I think you're right, and I also think that. It's just she's now gotten to a level of maturity where when she talks to me, it's almost like I'm talking yes. to a little adult as yeah. opposed to when I used to ask her what she wanted to be or how her day was when she was five. Yes. She'd be like, I ate my boogies. Yeah, yeah. Where now she's like, oh, I can actually talk to you. Yeah. Like, seriously. So that was like the first time I noticed that. And it was cool. And I was like, what would be the first thing you would do as a fashion designer and she said throw away those boots <laughs> <laughs> but i mean dude that's uh it's pretty cool that is very cool what and do you think your son wants to be i know he's, he's much younger than my daughter he so he he waffles where he uh he wants to be either a wolverine like the animal a that's wolverine fine. but recently because he's so interested in in animals and big cats he's a moral vegetarian which we right. had, we did not lead him down that path at all. It's just something where he was like, I cannot and will not eat animals. That's kind of dope. It is dope. We unfortunately like 
we've run out of a lot of ideas to get him protein. So sometimes we sneak it in. We're just a little like, you know, dishonest just give him with him. Got to give him some meat. So, you know, I mean, it's like the worst thing you can do to somebody. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think. What do wants- you tell him it is? To- My wife has said tofu. She said something that like something about something that like takes on the flavor it's of whatever. Plant meat. Yeah, like you know, they're so good at it, they've figured out how to make it even shred like yeah. actual chicken. Like it's just, <laughs> oh my just God, to dude. his face lying. But again, this is a moment where my son, we took him to Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. And my, my wife and I, we've we've been trying for a second kid. We actually, I talked about this on Jim and Sam months ago, but we got pregnant. And she, my wife, like shortly after getting pregnant, got COVID. And I think, I'm not a doctor, but due to, the COVID was pretty severe. And she miscarried at like 10 weeks. Another right. body on Biden's hands. Exactly. But, so, <laughs> thanks, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, you piece of shit, gain a function asshole. Yes. So whatever. So, you know, China killed our kid. And then yeah. we go on throughout that. baby's that- body's in Wuhan right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just growing leather wings. Yes. And so, you know, we we got through that, which again, that is, that's a really emotional process. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with it. I don't know if you even want to talk about it, but from a male perspective of watching the person that you love go through something while you're also going through loss, but watching them physically go through it and watching them also have to emotionally meet the moment. It's, it's maybe the most helpless I've ever felt in my right. entire life. I'm trying my very best to offer support, but you really quickly realize that like the support that they need is with other women. Yes. You know? And yeah. so again, that's like, I'm, I'm noticing it in real time. So I'm not, I'm not acting on it or anything like that, but my natural human reaction is like frustration and resentment of like, why aren't I enough? Why can't right. I offer you the support right. you need? I'm also going through this. I'm emotionally a wreck, all that shit. So it's hard. And then we actually, I don't know if it was a real pregnancy or a chemical pregnancy because that can sometimes happen. Is chemical she, pregnancy is a good name for a band. That's not bad, actually. Right? Like I My Chemical like Romance, My Chemical <laughs> Pregnancy. Chemical Pregnancy. <laughs> and it's all women with fake baby bumps. <laughs> yes. That's not bad. Yes. Like each chorus is just them crying. Yeah. So, so I think she had a something like that. But she had, uh, you know, in Florida, it, she had a full-blown Missy misdemeanor miscarriage again. And, like, just, it, it, like we were heading to a restaurant, and it just happened. It was, like, Shit. really. So just, she thought she was pregnant again. She, we thought we were pregnant again, yeah. And we, yeah. And we may have been. I, I'm not sure. But, like, it, it was just one of those things where, again, the physical. It, also, I never see. I wasn't there the first time. So, and it wasn't like that. This was just, like, right. it all happened. You weren't there like you weren't physically or it wasn't your kid? It wasn't my kid. Yeah, I, I could tell by the miscarriage that it yes. wasn't Irish. Hey. <laughs> it was from a the, the miscarriage had too much rhythm. If you it's tough me. too because you never really know because with like a you know a miscarried fetus like that they all look like Brendan Sagalow. <laughs> 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 very very true so on the second one it's like we didn't know or whatever but one of the things like my son picked up on it immediately mm-hmm. right like didn't know what happened didn't see what happened but picked up on the emotional shift very quickly right was there for my wife and it's amazing to see this kid who up until this point out of sheer self-preservation has been only about himself sure only like not really noticing anything even right. within his eyesight but is like mom are you okay like this and that sees me tending to her hugging her like right. really caring for her and he said a thing that I think, like, if I think too hard on this, I can cry at a fucking drop If it of starts to happen, Vito, please zoom in. <laughs> Be ready. But he, he, like, 
after after I hugged hugged my wife and she was very like sincerely emotional and he came over and he does this group hug thing like the three of us always hug together and he's like man we have a great family and he looked and I went to the bathroom and he looked at my wife and he goes you know what mom you you and you and dad really love each other like wow. that's really that's really nice that you guys really yeah. love each other and my yeah. wife started crying obviously right. but like just that. I never saw or said that about my parents ever. Right. <laughs> like not yeah. one time did I look at their relationship and I was like, that is two people who care for each other yeah, deep yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. So just the simple fact that even just that, like he has that one moment to go to right. as like a, as a, as a reference point for relationships yeah. for his future. I like, yeah, I did my job a little I bit. I love that. Like one of the, your happiest memories so far of being a parent is your wife's miscarriage. Um, speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of the, that, the night is darkest before the dawn. That's it, right? baby. That's the great that part. That brings us to just the opposite. This man, he's probably gonna. You're probably gonna hear about him on many podcasts. You probably see him all over social media. This man got five women pregnant at the same damn time, damn. and he hosted a joint baby shower for all the mothers to be right away, right here in Brooklyn. And it was. It's one of those things where if you're gonna do it then lean into it and be proud of it and do it. Yeah. And I like I like that he kind of did this. I know that there's going to be haters, but my friend haters going to hate. <laughs> so you have five women pregnant at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. And I think uh, if I were you, I would be praying that all five of them don't make it. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. my friend, you yeah. are going to have to come up with 25 grand a month yeah. for child support. I mean, it might just it might be the lack of smiles, but all five of them look like a problem. Do you, yes. Do you know how in the Cosby show they casted the whole family as every like shade of yeah. African-American family? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. That's why they all were like different tones oh i thought it was whoever didn't fall asleep to spanish fly <laughs> well, it, he did the same thing and he picked every single parent as a different color of the rainbow. yeah you gotta love Which the I fact like that, that. The, the picture was designed that sort of him and the him and darkest are right down the pipe and then it spreads out what right i like too him. is like you know unless you know women show at different times but they all seem like he like this was all within a month or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could have been on a train. Scroll it a little bit. Scroll down a little bit. I want to see. I like his sneakers. Does it say anything about the arrangement? Like, were they aware <laughs> before they got pregnant that there were others involved? Well, it says when your baby, the one girl, Lizzie Ashley said when your baby daddy got four other girls pregnant at the same time. I see. So so I guess there was a main girl. Um, you can explain away a Nick Cannon with money. Chris, everybody right? thinks they're the main girl. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, but that's but this one saying when your baby daddy, oh, I guess they're all yeah, right. I think they would all say the same thing. Right here, let me. Yeah, let's see. Well, like, what is the? They all actually look pretty happy. Um, how is everyone involved? Not embarrassed. It's like that's what one fan said. It's like why be embarrassed? Like, just but also fan, shit happens. Dude. Fan of what? Like, the, as soon as this is out of the news, these people will not be heard from. Look at this. We love exist. our baby daddy. We will not ruin our baby's lives. Good. Yeah, I think they're that. handling this. You're not. What are you going to do? Like be mad and angry and then upset the baby womb? No, right. dude. Just fuck. Listen, it, it's his responsibility to take care of all, all five of these kids. You know, like so it's it's going to be big on him. But I think like the, if you're going to get into this, then you might as well just make it a, a positive thing. The only thing they have an obligation to almost raise these kids together because yes. if they either spread out and then somehow find each other later 
or they they stay in the same town but aren't really familiar with each other one or two of them are going to end up banging right like you know what i mean like it's just gonna have there's gonna be some weird like yeah. like attraction they're like i don't know why but i feel inherently close to you yes and then they're gonna have sex with them and they're yeah. gonna be like why did that feel weird and it's like yeah. oh that was your birth system dude one time i was 13 or 14 years old and i played for the um I, it wasn't cyo i played in like this other l basketball league and it was like for um like you know like the like those like you know like latino churches have sure. it, uh, like ch like church of latter day saints or i, I forget evangelical maybe yeah, it's, yeah. you know what i'm talking about Santa like the Maria. yes the latino churches yeah. like i played for one in queens and and they are yes vito's writing two of those musicians two of these uh the baby daddy kid two of them are musicians so it could be a fake story it could uh, just be them trying to sell records that's possible <laughs> that is possible i think he should definitely they should all get paternity tests that's yeah. you should do that yeah but anyway this this story so you know because what we would do is we would have basketball practice and then playing these games but before after the practice there would always be a prayer and a lesson like because it was all based on religion but it wasn't necessarily my religion they just kind of recruited me because sure. i was like the white kid that was shooting a thousand jump shots a day so like we need this kid on our team so i remember our coach after the 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 practice one day he starts talking to us about like how we're becoming men and how we have to make the right decisions and all that and we're like sitting down and he goes you know he goes, and honestly, he goes, you know, there's times, like, even me as a man, like, you know, I've changed my life, but I've made many mistakes. He goes, there was one, at one point in my life, he was like, I had two women pregnant at the same time. Two women pregnant at the same time. And he goes, you know, God intervened, and one of those babies didn't make it. Uh -huh. He goes, and that's, and I swear, he goes, and that's because I prayed to God for it to happen. He goes, and I prayed to God, and then God will always be on your side if you pray hard enough. He goes, so so God took that baby, yeah. so I didn't have to deal with it. And I was like, also, so first off, I'm thinking, well, that's crazy that you basically prayed for a miscarriage. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, prayed for an abortion. I know. Yeah. And then, and then the second part of it, which I guess he didn't realize as he was telling the story, is his 13 year old son was on the team, and I, and as he's telling that story, his son is looking at him like he didn't know that information. Oh my God. And we're putting on our jackets. And I heard him saying to his dad, he goes, I'm going to tell mom. And then he, the coach is like, you cannot tell your mother. That was something I shared in confidence. Being a man is about, you know, keeping secrets or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I in, love that. I was I like, what that. an idiot. Holy shit. What an idiot. And I was like, holy smokes. But it's one of those things where... Dude, you sometimes think you're in a situation like this guy has five baby mamas. Right. You sometimes think you're in a situation and you feel alone. And then you realize there's always somebody out there who's yeah. in a much crazier situation. All right. This podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, Mike, here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Mental health and going to talk to somebody. These are important things, especially in the world we live in, especially around now. New Year's wasn't too far, uh, you know, wasn't too uh, uh, long ago. We get obsessed with how to change ourselves. And instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right, we think about all the things we're doing wrong. And sometimes it helps to talk to a licensed professional about that. That's right. I mean, we talk about our mental health constantly and better help it makes it completely easy. You get paired up with uh, with licensed therapists. You fill in an entire sheet 
telling your issues, more describing about yourself, and then you actually get matched with somebody that suits your needs, and you can pass them off, go to the next one, yep. and find somebody that you feel comfortable with. And the best part about this, it's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, Wedgie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I say give BetterHelp a try. I use it. Mike uses yeah. it. John uses it after all the baby teeth bashing. Vito has told us he is going to use it. Um, so it is kind of, I think, uh, uh, you know, for me, it's a must. And and again, the, the ease of it being done online, I never cancel. If I, no. I, I've changed therapists twice, actually. No harm, no foul. They do it like that. You fill out a brief questionnaire, matches you with who they think you'd be best with, and it's all done online. It's beautiful. Truly ideal for people like us who have constantly shifting schedules yes. as well because I've done a therapy session in the car while driving to work. Yes. It's necessary. Sometimes you got to do it, and I wouldn't be able to do that if it was an in-person yes. doctor. And John just asked, do they have Spanish-speaking therapists? The answer is yes, they do <laughs> for John's girlfriend. Here we go. All you got to do is go to BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash chaos. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash chaos. 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, thank you for sponsoring this episode. Go ahead. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, choose BetterHelp. Like, I really have been killing. I talked about this last on last week's podcast. I've been cr crushing myself for selling the house on Staten Island when I had a good mortgage rate and I had a good place for my family and I was crushing myself. Mm. And then one of my friends told me a story that his friend is even worse. He was like, dude, he goes, how about this? He goes, I know a guy who wanted to put, instead of getting a mortgage against all advice from his, his financial team, when the mortgage rates were slow, so low, they were like 2.5%. Instead of just taking out a mortgage, which 2.5% mortgage rate is like free money. Yeah. Just He's like, I want to put, I don't want to have a mortgage. I want to put all the cash I have into the house. And that's what I want to do. And they're like, that's stupid. He was like, I'm doing it. So he put all his cash into the house, right? Paid it off. No, yeah, right. Paid it off. He yeah. now doesn't have a mortgage, right? He's paying taxes or whatever. Doesn't have a mortgage, even though he could have put it in at 2.5%, which is again, like free money. About a year later, his wife files for a divorce and he's like, now I don't have any money to pay for all the money that I have was in the house. So now she's like, I want half the house. Yeah. And now in as part of the divorce, you now have to pay the mortgage for this house and you have to refinance and he refinanced at 8%. Oh. So now he's paying for the house that he could have had a two and a half percent. Even if he got divorced, he would have, the mortgage rates locked in. Whoa. He now has to pay 8% and gave half of the money to his wife and a house he doesn't even live in. And I swear to Christ, my friend said he this guy had a fucking mansion of a house, beautiful life, was making yeah. money. He now lives in a Holiday Inn Express in Weehawken, New Jersey. I mean, so he's like, so Chris, you don't have it that bad, dude. <laughs> that's why <laughs> That's why Alec Baldwin is beat red in the face screaming about how fathers don't have rights. Dude, he dropped, <laughs> Alec Baldwin <laughs> just dropped the price of his Hamptons house by $10 million. Because he's like, I, if I don't sell, look, prom, prom, oh, sale of his 19 mil. He dropped it, uh, promoting the sale of his 19 million Hamptons home. When is this article from though? I think he just dropped it by Holy 10 million shit. I saw. Or five million. He dropped it by millions and millions of dollars. Alec Baldwin is my favorite psychopath. Yeah. I, I watch him on uh, on Instagram over the summer, especially when he's out at his Hamptons house. There was this video of him just 
sweating, beet red, <laughs> sleeping bags under his eyes. And he's like, the summer months, the summer months. As he's like speaking into his phone, he's like, the kids are all grown up. To like one of his housekeepers and then goes in, you know, it's coming back to the city soon. Like just right back into it. Nut like job. a complete fucking lunatic. Look at this. This is his home. This is him. This is him selling his home. Okay. This is from the summer though. This is the listing. This is the list. He made a video. Listing. Okay, let's Smart. watch. This looks good. Hey, Smart. Hey, I'm home out here on the east end of Long Island since 1982. Ooh. Uh, when I was younger, we'd come out here and we'd sleep all morning and lay on the beach all day. That was Kim Basinger territory. Oh, yeah. This place is the best. He was like, yeah. My first house was here on Brook Road. Bags of coke. <laughs> I like Alec Baldwin. He just seems like a funny guy. He's he's too much like my father for me to like him, but I do find the entertainment in him. You know so what wait, I mean? So is this in front of his house right here, Vito? I think he's showing us where he grew up. And then at some point, he's got to get to the house. Yeah, I want to see the actual It's $19 million. Dude, his face, his face looks like cut meat stored in salt. <laughs> <laughs> like it's nuts. That's a sick house, but how is it nineteen million dollars? Because of where it is. Yeah, I mean it's probably like a six-bedroom home. Oh, there. Oh, oh, that's why. That's why. Oh, there it is. Now I see <laughs> it. it. Just took a drone. <laughs> Holy! But he, shit, I think you have to drop it by ten mil. I really do. I mean, look at this. Look at that land. I mean, okay, I get it. You get the land. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know. I know what people say. I am not in no way at all a financial expert, so do not take my financial advice. But and I have made big mistakes. But I am hearing more and more wealthy, wealthy people who are smarter than me, who are real estate uh, um, kind of experts. Number one, talking about you got something. So the house was originally listed for twenty-two and a half million. He took it off the market. This video we just watched. Was him putting it back on the market for eighteen point nine, so about three, about yeah. three million dollars it went. Down. Yeah. Wow. By the way, let me just also clarify throughout this podcast. If we have any new listeners, welcome. The old listeners know I'm crazy. I routinely say something out of control that is in no way, shape, or form even remotely close to the truth, and then I change what I've said like that. Yeah. Yesterday, I was. Uh, uh, with a, a friend of mine who's a real estate agent, and he is a big real estate agent on Staten Island. And I said, "Oh, Method Man lives on Staten Island." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He has a he has a pretty nice house." I said, "Yeah, it's got to be a mansion. Method Man's worth one hundred million dollars." And then my friend goes, "No, he's not." I said, "You're right. It's probably about fifty. And he goes, "It's not." I said, "Maybe it's five. And, and so <laughs> I immediately went from absolutely planting my feet yeah, yeah. and saying he's worth 100 mil yeah. to dropping it down $95 million right. in and about 10 seconds <laughs> and being just as certain and walking away. And the answer is, of course, $14 million. Yeah, I even think that's wrong. Here's the thing. This podcast is built on hyperbole, not on yes. truth. It's, you know, you're going to get the nuggets yeah. of information, but it's it's on you to yes. extrapolate what is real and what's so, not. So pull up the voicemail number uh, quickly, Vito. I want you guys to uh, leave us a voicemail specifically about, because I know what I'm about to say to you, what I'm about to say is going to get people really upset. So if there's <laughs> a way to leave a voicemail and voice your concerns or you want to talk to me about it, you can. Um or write a comment, you know, on uh, Chrissy Chaos Pod. Email us, Chrissy Chaos Pod at Gmail. Um, you know, 
comment on mine or uh, I am my Cannon or Christy Comedy Instagram. You can get angry. But I actually think we are entering into the point now with the price of homes and mortgage rates. And by the way, if you want to get angry, 347-343-3321, 347-343-3321. I actually think it's better right now. Again, I'm not a financial expert. I think it's better to rent than to own because I think if you own a property right now, even if you're building it for long-term wealth, which I understand that's sometimes the only way people can build wealth is is with the, the real estate they own. I get it. But you are buying it at such an astronomically high price with an astronomically high mortgage rate. I cannot imagine the house that is okay in the right neighborhood that's worth $2.5 million is going to be worth $5 million right. 20 years from now. Right. I don't think – I think it made sense when our parents bought a house at ninety grand and now it's worth $2 million. Fantastic. I think that it cannot possibly get any higher or worse, and I really think the best bet is to rent and keep that available cash and invest it in something that is guaranteed, like put it in a CD or guaranteed to get 6% or whatever it may be, because I'm just looking at some of the homes I've been, because I told you, like I've completely made a horrific mistake and sold my Staten Island home, which was at a good price with a great mortgage rate. I absolutely fucked up. And now I'm looking to, you know, my family wants to set down roots and buy a home. And all my financial people are like, these houses you're sending us are beautiful, yeah. but this is too much money. Right. And you have available cash right now. Like even the experts are like, what about renting? Yeah. Because they're like, if you're going to rent though, here's the catch. If you're going to rent and then use that available cash and not invest it and go buy a Bentley, that's stupid. Right. But if you're going to keep that cash, which, because you got to think about it. If I buy a house right now, for $2 million or $1 million, $500,000, whatever the number is, and I put down 20%, that lump sum of money, right, that's just sitting in the house. Mm. So it, that money tied up, is that is that going to be getting 6% every year like well, it might be in the market? I don't know. It's getting inconsistent interest because it basically goes up and down with the house value, right? Yeah, the, and I read an article that said the average price of a U.S. house, if you take the highs and lows – over the past 100 years, the average price of a home in the U.S. goes up about 0.2%. Well, it's not just that. It's also the, like, you know, this is this is newfangled capitalism, I suppose. And really, but get all- mad, by the way. 347, what is it? Sorry to cut you off, Mike. And then go 347-343-3321. Leave your voicemails. Comment. Get angry at this. Let us know how you feel. <laughs> I know there are people honking their horns, calling me an absolute asshole. I want to hear from you. 347-343-3321. Well, I don't even think you're you're incorrect because you're not saying it's forever. It's just for right now. And also, just like all these corporations are buying up homes, property, all this shit in an effort to box out everyday people it's like when my parent if my parents made what i make back that like we would have had a crazy we would have had an insane nice house growing up but they made way less and were able to buy a really nice house i can't buy that house today right even making more than my parents made so it's like it's a it's a frustrating thing because you're constantly you're just being leveraged by infinite resource like against infinite resources and eventually your shit runs out right so the thing is too i'm thinking like the most available cash is cash is king, what we've always heard, right? So unless mm. you got a house for the right price at a low mortgage rate, which I absolutely had and gave it up, um, <laughs> then you, I think renting seems more reasonable today because mm. people are like, well, then what are you going to leave your kids? It's like, 
the money that was the the money that was getting interest in my bank account. Right, like I'm right. going to leave them cash. The only problem with renting is like now people are treating rentals as if they are they are buying a house and they're actually outbidding people on rental rates. Right. So it's like, but you're happy renting, right? I'm renting. Yeah, I'd rather own. I mean, I'd rather have even a with home. this, even what you would rather take all the money you have and just put it in a house. No, I would rather, I mean, I would rather have, a like take away the money aspect of it. I don't know enough about it. I haven't really done enough. I just know I can't afford it right now. Right. But just like if I would like a thing for my for roots, I would like roots for my family. I would have kind of a permanent residence for us. That would be nice just to have something for us to grow from. Right. So because when you rent, it's not like my son doesn't feel it. I don't know. I think my wife feels it, but there's like it's not home insecurity as if like we're not going to have a house tomorrow, right. but it does keep it in the back of your mind. Like at some point, we're not going to live here. This right. isn't ours. It does not belong to us. Right. We have to keep it up for somebody else, for the actual owner of this place. Right. So there's like there's that shit that I don't know, man. I when I because for me, I'm so bad with money and just investing in general that a lot of my investing stuff is like is peace of mind versus how it would make me feel otherwise. And the peace of mind of having a forever home feels really nice to me right now, having rented for this long. Right. But again, that's taking like 8% out of it. But, (laughs) but, you know, but then the the flip side of that is with the house prices today, you get fine. You, I understand what you're saying, Mm. but then you lose the financial freedom and then that comfort is now lost because mm-hmm. all the money you've been saving is in that house. Like, that's how I'm feeling right yeah. now. Cause, like, you know, my family's like really pressuring me. They're like, we need roots, which I understand. Yes. But it's like, okay, but you gotta understand right now, I, I don't, there's not like a gun to my, there is a little bit of a gun. If yeah. we buy a house, I'm gonna, you're gonna have a fucking bazooka at my head right, to right. make money, which doesn't feel good. No, you know? and it's also like you're, you, and also, also me to an extent, but especially you are finding a work-life balance and you've been working on that for a while now. So the idea of then leveling up financially or at least having increasing your nut is then going to throw a complete spear through that because it's like, okay, you didn't want me on the road. Now I'm on the road double. Exactly. Because I got to cover everything yeah. that we just spent. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the only other option is because my family, you know, like my mom bought a house for a low price price in the mm-hmm. 80s and yeah. she has a good investment yes she has a paid off house and a good investment so the only option i could think of is going in and killing my family <laughs> yeah. and then i own it that way yeah and then i could sell that to the jews to make tunnels <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just- no i'm kidding listen i think i speak for most men when i say we want to have better sex and for the sake of our partner, we need to have better sex. Definitely with my wife. And the issue is over-the-counter erection pills contain unregulated chemicals. They suggest unsafe doses and include the risk of several other health problems. Listen, simply all you got to do, this thing comes in a palm-sized packet like your favorite electrolyte powder. And I have a palm-sized cock, so this works for me. All you do is mix <laughs> six to eight ounces of water 45 minutes before sexual activity and you watch the magic unfold literally. Well, we got to say what it is first. We partnered with our friends over at Joy Mode. Joy Mode. Joy Mode, a sexual performance booster. This is why we partnered with our friends at Joy Mode, because Mike and I were bringing limp dicks into the bedroom, and our girls have had enough. Is there anything worse than pushing a chewed piece of gum into your wife? Dude, no. 
<laughs> like especially after being together for a long time yep. she knows what could be there yep. if you are ramped up to your fullest capability yeah. and instead you're just yeah. giving her something that should be unacceptable jasmine asked me the other day if i even have a dick anymore <laughs> and, and that's and that's when i turned to joy mode because literally it is the sexual performance booster that is every man's solution for increased blood flow firmness stamina and performance we love joy mode it's small enough to fit in your wallet and you take with it on the go folks you're always going to get a discount for listening to this beautiful podcast so if you want to redefine your intimacy all you have to do is go to usejoymode.com for 20 percent off with code chaos that's 20 percent off and free shipping with code chaos at use j-o-y-m-o-d-e.com ingredients with integrity Joy mode. Each week, I want to bring you a parent of the week story. We're going to call it POWs. Parent of the week. Um, so we're going to bring you a POW. Parent that. of the week. Our POW of the week is each week. Sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it'll be bad. It'll just be a story about parenting. Mm -hmm. And today, well, this is our, our POW, David and Louise Turpin. So David and Louise Turpin were parents of 13 children. Is David one of the kids from Iron Claw? Because that, that, <laughs> that haircut is atrocious. Have you seen Iron? I know I you have. Saw you saw Okay, yeah. so maybe on the Patreon we'll talk about Iron Claw because I've heard a lot about Iron Claw. I have not seen yet, but I've heard like he has, has all his kids yeah, died. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Iron Claw on Patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. But parents of 13 children from Paris, California, Pentecostal Christians. That's the church that I play for, the Pentecostals. Isn't that like all the cheering and yes, the singing? Yes, yes. They're like, the, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Yes, motherfucker. Yes, yes. That's the church I play for. <laughs> the Pentecostal churches, you should literally have to pay tickets to go into the church because it's literally, it's like, the, the, it's, you have so much fun. It's like the white version of Baptist. Yes, right? it's so yes. great. So Pentecostal Christians who believe God called on them to procreate, um, very Puerto Rican of them. They participated in the swinging culture. Um, there were Disney adults, these lunatics. Swing, had, by the way, doesn't the wife kind of look like old Meadow Soprano? Whoa, yes. Like truly, like if Meadow just got huge in the yes. banging H. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so they, they were these Disney parents, you know, like uh, D Disney adults. Um, the children were never seen in public. They never left the house. They were described as malnourished and pale, like Vito described me earlier in the pod. Um <laughs> It was later discovered that for years, the parents imprisoned, beat, and strangled their kids. The kids were allowed to eat once a day and bathe once a year. Police investigated- Intermittent showering. That's it. They in investigated their home in 2018 after one of the daughters escaped and called 911. They, the, during the welfare check, police were overwhelmed with the smell of feces, oh. decaying garbage, dead pets, and moldy food. Some children were shackled to their beds, and a 29-year-old child was found weighing 82 pounds. Gold weight. Parents <laughs> David and Luis were arrested and charged with 12 counts of torture, 12 counts of false imprisonment, and 13 counts of abuse, and they both received oh, life sentences in prison. Thank God, because if they had done this in New York City, they would have been out the next day. <laughs> so I'm happy. It would have technically a nonviolent crime. Yes. They would have been allowed out. Thank you so much to the beautiful <laughs> Was law. this that video with the cops walking in and the girl had, like, the crazy rings under her eyes, like, almost Can like we brown. see that? Pull that up. I don't, I've never seen any video. It, that was almost like too upsetting for me to watch. Like, it, this shit is so intense, man. Because... 
And also, that's the only time that it's it's appropriate to call somebody a 29-year-old child. Yeah. Because that person is a child. That's right. a 29-year-old who has never lived a day of life. I didn't know Jasmine was a new was a news host <laughs> on Los Angeles, CBSN Los Angeles. That girl, look, I thought that was literally Jasmine talking to the fucking. Oh, <laughs> so that's what how's how Jasmine looks at me every time I walk <laughs> in the house. Just face. furious. Just like, what are you doing? I can't believe you're wearing those boots. Um, so um, yeah, is this the video? Is this it, Mike? Are I you seeing? So. This is her. Okay. Um, but yeah. I think what happens with this, I saw something about this once. They actually have a nice kitchen. I thought <laughs> something about I saw something about this once that these parents, some of them, I don't know if it's those, but there's this psychological thing that happens where they love their kids in the beginning initially, or fearful of their kids getting hurt so much that they're like, I can never yeah. let them out of my sight and they chain them up. I don't know that's what happened here. I have no idea. But that oh God, what a shitty body that guy Dude. has. Could you imagine having that lump of shit body? I didn't even see it. His, I, wait, watch when he back. goes up. It's just like fat, like tit. It's just like getting worse and worse yeah, as it just yeah. hangs down with his haircut. Look at that. Oh my just god, full that's tits. tough. That's like um, a, that's a that's a body like a pile of body. You know what I mean? Yep. Like when you pour in somebody's body from their head down, yes. and all the weight settles around their waist and yes. ankles. Yeah, his body. It looks like um, you know, like the 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 honey that you squeeze. That's like shaped like a bear. <laughs> yeah. That's what he looks like. Or like a custard bag. Yeah. For a cake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> What a what a dirty piece of shit. Um, but it's it's you know these these people. See, my thing is like people like this who do this. Like, there. I understand we live in a in a in a society where like we need to be kinder to each other, and I get that. Mm. But with something like this, where it's telltale, one hundred percent evidence, what you did to these kids, like you should kind of that Hammurabi's code, eye yes. for an eye, yeah, yeah. kind of should apply. Where it's like, well, now you get chained up, and your punishment is you get chained up. Yeah. In and the prison. kids and the kids uh, on pay-per-view. So then the kids could actually get the door, you know, like a whole yeah. event where the kids can get set up, not a GoFundMe, nothing like that. It's actually entertainment and the funds go to the kids. Yeah. Tie this, tie these parents up and let them hit them with crowbars yeah. in the face. I think that that's okay. There has to be some fear of the law. There has to be some fear. I'm not saying beat people, but I'm, there has to be some type of thing where it's like, so I'm just going to go. The thing is, the fear won't deter it regardless because that type of that type of mental illness is is unfixable. You know what I right. mean? Like, I don't I don't think that those guys are going to you're not going to give them mushrooms or some talk therapy. Right. And they're going to be like, you know what? Maybe I won't shackle my kids. Right. Instead, it's like so the fear almost doesn't matter. Instead, it's just got to be like making something good out of a bad situation. Right. And it's like, listen, it's not necessarily injecting uh, happiness into the world, but it is some sort of of like, you know, vindication. Right. And it shows that if you do get tortured, it doesn't you don't just have to live. Right. Like you right. can actually cave in your assailant's head. Right. And feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, because I kind of feel like, you know. First of all, you know, the main question I have for the Turpin family is do they rent or own? Um, <laughs> and what was their mortgage rate? I mean, if so, seeing the inside, they're not getting the deposit back. Listen, I have no problem either with Disney adults. I have no problem with you. I want you to live as free as you want to be because mm -hmm. I truly believe, like, you're only going to live once, make you happy. Just stay away from me. Sure. I just don't want you, if you get, got into that Disney stuff, which yeah. is, again, fine. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. But I, I also have a right to be like, stay away from yeah. me and my family because there's something I perceive as being like, this is too much. It's also like, 
this is what everybody thinks. Right. Like, this is what they think you're up to when you're 40 with a princess fucking poster on your wall. Right. You maniac. Right. It's like, so these people didn't do you any favors. I'm sure there are nonviolent, non-kidnapping Disney adults out there. But these people really slam the stereotype shut. And that is exactly what everybody thinks. Of yeah. Them. Call the hotline. Also, if you want, you know, if you're mad about the real estate advice, call the hotline. 347. 347. Three four, just leave it up there at all times. Three four seven three four three 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 two one. Three four seven three four three 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 two one. Talk to us about real estate advice if you're mad at that, and also if you're a Disney parent or no Disney adults and you want to defend them or yeah. defend yourself or kind of tell us how bad they are and for what reason, let me know. And also, if you've ever been chained up by your family, <laughs> let us know. I should tell Sagalo. He's a, he's a, he went to Disney like a year ago with his sister. No really? kids. With no kids. And no then he kids. came back with dyed bleach blonde hair. He came back with a haircut like David Turpin. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard of Disney adult gums? Disney adult gums? They say everybody who's a Disney oh. adult has gums like this. Interesting. That's the that's the early Miley Cyrus teeth. Yes. Yeah. When it's more gum than enamel. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's interesting, dude. That's like that's a symptom of drinking Southern Comfort when you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like that is not right. Like that has to be. Can something. you fix that? Can you somehow shave down yeah, gum or lower up? your lip or uh, give it, you more teeth? Uh, the <laughs> veneers, right? Oh, you make your teeth it? bigger. Yeah, you would probably just get them taken out and then get implants, put so it in and cover it up more. I know exactly what they do. They have to pull your whole shit. They then have to basically grind your gum up and then reseal it and then screw in fucking caps. Dude, mm. teeth teeth surgery is my nightmare. I have a fake tooth in the front. Yeah. Did I tell you the story? No. In seventh grade, I was such an asshole. Like the gym was locked and I was the only one in our gym before practice. And one of my buddies was like banging on the door. So I put my face up to the window and did that like thing where you expand your face and you could see inside your mouth and my buddy's like oh, and punched the window and it just turned my front tooth into dust <laughs> <laughs> that sucks yeah it really did have i told you guys i still have two baby teeth what, what? those are baby teeth Fido baby that's teeth. disgusting <laughs> how do you have baby teeth still so my wisdom teeth apparently came in slightly crooked and blocked my wisdom teeth, my, my adult teeth from coming up. So these two are baby teeth. So those are the exact teeth you had as an infant. And then if you look up here, you can see my adult teeth stuck. Oh. 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 Dude, you're like the hills have eyes. That's disgusting. <laughs> Dude, one of the most cringe things I've ever heard is Vito still has his baby teeth. <laughs> With the adult ones coming oh, over the top. Oh, my God. Dude. Now, do you want to hear what I would have to do? If Your I wife is a pedophile for kissing you. <laughs> if, I, if I wanted to get it fixed, they would have to do surgery. They'd have to pull the baby teeth out. Then they'd have to go into my gums, cut out the adult teeth from the top of my gums, then they would have to put fake teeth in. Here's the thing, dude. Anything to not have a child's tooth in my yes. mouth. <laughs> Do me a favor. Pull up that number. 347-343-3321. Call us and tell us, should Vito get his baby teeth removed? And do you want to see it on Patreon? Is that a Patreon goal? 
Is that a Patreon goal? Do we get enough money here at patreon.com slash Christy Comedy to have Vito, for the love of God, get his baby teeth removed so his wife doesn't have to face criminal charges? 347-343-3321. When Vito goes to the dentist, a fucking baby mobile is hanging yes. above him. Yes. Dude, if I was your wife, I would never let your mouth near my vagina because the last thing I want is your toddler fucking lips down there. Oh my god. Does she know that you have oh, your baby teeth? Yeah, she wants me to do all the, the surgeries to get it. I yes. bet she does. Dude, your wife's going to be the one who calls 347-343-3321. Call the hotline. Could you imagine if Jasmine had like two baby fingers and had to jerk oh, you off with like that hand? Disgusting, dude. <laughs> you'd just be like, oh, no. This is gross. I can't believe. I've actually never heard of anyone who still has their baby teeth. No, I didn't know Is that this that a phenomenon? A Are you a rarity? I, I'm a rarity, but I looked it up, and this is a thing some people have. Some yeah. people do. People still that have. were that were born in Chernobyl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People that were chained up by their parents for 28 years. Um, Jesus Christ! All right. You want to talk more about the Jewish tunnels? What else do we got to talk about? What else do we want to get to today? You need to talk about the Jewish tunnels. We didn't get to that. Well, Which, what what's new about the tunnels? Is there new developments? We no, but you guys haven't. We haven't been on since they broke. So I think right. people would want to hear your perspectives. Yes, the, I mean, tunnels. there's you know, if you know now, this happened a couple of weeks ago. A Brooklyn synagogue built tunnels underneath their synagogue, right near where I used to live, right where in yeah. Crown Heights. I, they're saying to allegedly <laughs> what connect other synagogues, but what they've done is the way they dug, of course, without permits or anything like that, yeah. have now ruined the integrity of the structures of the buildings and the entire block is could it's collapse at any in. moment by the way first of all that guy the hasidic guy just kind of crawling out of the sewers uh the only time you would see that happening is if you just started tripping on mushrooms right <laughs> you know what i mean like shit like that like just a hasidic crawling out of the sewers only happens when you're on hallucinogens right and you're like no way anybody else would believe that this is a real thing which is crazy too because like i know like some of like you know my conspiracy theorist friends think like they see a hasidic jewish person calling out of a tunnel and they're like that's what they've been doing for years <laughs> they don't think it's anything out of the that's just a, they assume they lived in the sewers anyway they, they, which is the thing is, it's not that they've been doing that, but they've been doing other things that are go that go completely against building code or any. I mean, that's like long since reported, uh, you know, of like uh, of uh, what is it, landlords and all that stuff. I love the mook cops that come in are like, you know, in America, you just yeah. can't do this. Dude, go back to that video. Quit this cop who climbed on the table. I mean, look at his part in his hair. That <laughs> guy, clean. if you're taking out a, one of those like black 60s combs and part in your hair, you are definitely every day looking at hit Jews with a stick. <laughs> that, that guy has an Epstein didn't kill himself t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you guys hear about the dude who tweeted months ago? Yes. I live on the first floor. There's nobody below me. I'm convinced there's Jewish people living underneath my apartment. And they're like, you anti-Semite fuck! Literally, they try, they're like, this guy's a piece of shit. He's like, right. no, there are people speaking Yiddish underneath my floor. And they're like, I can't believe what an absolute anti-Jew yeah. asshole you, you fascist. are. fascist. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out he was completely right. Completely 100% right. Um, but that's the thing. Why isn't that guy on the front page of the post with an I'm sorry or we're sorry? Because that's not the way that's not that's not how it's going to work. I mean, listen, dude, it's one of those things. Now, I don't know this. I don't know 
actually the, the, the length of stuff, but like even Kevin Spacey, like Kevin Spacey got exonerated from all the chart. He went to court and he was exonerated. Yeah. And the news doesn't say anything about that. I don't know because there's more to the story. It's because he keeps giving interviews in character. It's oh, like, nuts. dude, you, I don't know how you're getting away with this, but you had to do something yeah. to someone. Dude, I, I, for the, I have just started watching House of Cards. I'm uh -huh. on episode three season one and we are pretty glued to that show have I, you seen the whole no no but i hear it's pretty incredible until it's not really yeah, then it's it gets one of those stupid. shows it's like kind of lost right yeah it right now it's it's kind of nuts i like how he told you he's like well as the president of the united states and yeah it's like, you are not from the south dude could you imagine he is like wins the pr candidacy as him that would be cool so uh. this is him on tucker carlson's show in character right as frank from house of cards then they're protected by the First Amendment. They can say whatever they want. You believe in the First Amendment, I assume. Of course I do. Look, people spewing ridiculous ideas is nothing new, and they should always have that right. But the problem is, somewhere along the way, we started listening. And we should remember the salient words of Benjamin Franklin, who said, do not believe anything of what you hear. This is what the world is now. I actually don't. It's like, dude, do it. Just do it, dude. Why not? Why not? Because I don't know that I don't know that we're a simulation or not anyway. So it's like you might as well just be whoever you want to be, dude. Who is the real you? How am I to say that the real you is Kevin Spacey, not this guy? I don't know. It's also like brilliant. Good. Like it's unbelievable. I mean, what's the difference between Daniel Day-Lewis and that? Yeah, nothing. What, what is the difference? It's just no. like that just got released. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is just as much of a chode talking yeah. to people in, in plain views accent in between takes and shit yeah. like that. Did you hear he might be coming out of retirement? Daniel Day? Oh, I saw that for yeah. Scorsese, right? He yeah. wanted to put Whoa, out a, movie. a new movie? Yeah. A Jesus movie. He's going to play Jesus? Yeah. Kind of like that. That's the rumors. Kind of like that. He's going to make an 80-minute, no fucking way, no. Jesus movie. Ooh, I kind of like it. Yeah, There's no way like he that. makes it 80 minutes. We already well, made a Jesus Mar movie, Scor though, Mr. Scorsese. Yeah. That was his like, second movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Scorsese, if you're making that movie, you can contact me as I am an expert as I've completed now the case for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> have you finished it? No, I'm still halfway through. I literally have went. I cannot explain to you how in the zone I was months ago, getting up every day, working out, reading every day, waking up at 5 a.m., two hours before my family, and now literally... I cannot get out of bed, haven't read in a month. I am absolutely snowballing down the wrong way. Like today, I, we have to leave with the kids by 8 a.m. to get them to school uh, in time. And I used to be up at 5, get all my reading, my workout in, be like up for three hours already. And today I woke up at 7.55 <laughs> and was like, and was contemplating letting my eight-year-old walk to school by herself because I didn't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And that's probably seasonal depression. It definitely is. And let me ask you this, because this is something that I've been kind of uh, jockeying about and trying to be kinder to myself, is does any part of you give yourself a little bit of grace to fall off? Whereas you know this is all ebbs and flows. At this point, you've seen how the cycle goes. You get really into shit, then you fall off a little bit, but then you get really back into it. You fall yeah. off a little bit. There, I, in my opinion, or, or there's no, there's no such thing as 100% consistency. There are people that certainly do it, and I think those people are sociopaths. Right. But if you're a real person dealing with the ebbs and flow of everyday life, you're gonna have some fall offs. You're gonna have some pick me ups. Yeah. You're gonna have all that shit. So the only thing that you can do is just allow yourself grace during the fall off, so you can get the rebound faster. Right. Because if you sink into the fall off, then that only makes it last longer, and you're like a treyu in never ending story stuck in the. A fucking mud with a white horse right. so you gotta you know you gotta 
figure out a way to just like be kind to yourself, allow yourself to take the beating that you naturally give yourself, and then get the fuck out quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's true. I uh, all right. What's this? Sean Strickland gets angry when a reporter asks him to clarify his opinion of LGBT. Here we go. A woman in every kitchen, a gun in every hand. Okay. If so you're a gay man. Then he was like, you know, yeah, son, he was gay. You'd be like, oh man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid. No oh man, well, dude, you're a weak fucking man. <laughs> you're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. Like, would you fucking when he sees the bank accounts, like you're just fucking pathetic. And and the what does that, that have to do? With with Justin Trudeau. Backbone. And and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts? You ask me some stupid shit like that. Go fuck yourself. Move the mm. fuck. This guy's like, hey, this Canadian's not that Canadian. Are you still going to use this white card for kind of female life? Here's the thing about Bud Light. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Love this pause. Ten years ago, to be trans was a, was a <coughs> mental fucking illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaseled your way in the world. <laughs> you, are, you are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is that the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit with your fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. World, you know, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about you know, who they could fucking school. I don't want my kids being taught about who, you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is the fucking enemy. You want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. God damn. Dude. Could you imagine? <laughs> first of all, when you see an ear like that, just don't say anything. No. I wouldn't even ask you. I would just say, if the, if I was reporting that, I would say, Mr. Strickland, I just want to say that I love you. I just want to say that I love you. And then I would move on and ask the next. I'm not going to fuck with your ear, dude. The fact that there's any questions that are even outside of fighting is unfair to these guys. Do you know what I mean? Like they literally good point. throw their bones at other people's bones in an effort to turn them off. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you're not going to get fucking humanities lessons out of these dudes. Who gives a fuck? What's wrong? It also, it's like, agree, disagree. Who cares? Oh, well, that's, I, I don't agree. You know, Strickland's like, you know, whatever his opinions, it's, you know, saying crazy stuff. The thing I do agree with Strickland about is why and Mike about is like, you're the reporter is a weasel. I'm not saying totally. for his, for his uh, you know, opinions on whatever trans gay, not that he's a weasel because I know he asked that question to yeah. get this soundbite to make him. So that's you're a fucking weasel. Yeah, 100%. And that to me is I agree with you is like, why ask fighters about anything other than the fight ever? Right. Why? I mean, and it's similar to like basketball and all this stuff. And people are like, keep the politics out of fuck LeBron James. He's a piece of shit. And it's like you're cutting out the question. 
to the answer. You know what I mean? Only the soundbite of LeBron saying this and this is civil and is not justice and whatever. And people are like, how dare he speak out apropos of nothing? And it's like, no, no, these weasel journalists that know for a fact that there are two completely divided sides that are going to both feed on the outrage of what he said, then the response to the outrage, then the response to the response to the response. Yeah. And all of these people are just vampires. Yep. They have no interest in justice. They have no interest in truth. They have no interest in anybody even having like an even playing field. They just want you to sell your opinion so they could put food on their table. That's it, baby. And coming to you live from Slam Magazine, the name of this episode is called Shut Up and Dribble. <laughs> you, one voicemail, then we're out of here. Let's listen to what uh, people who called in. We will take one a week from 347-343-3321. Any questions, concerns, we got you. Specifically, we asked you to call in about some of the things on this episode. But if you have a, a mental health issue, a parenting issue, we're here to listen. So go ahead. Hi, Chrissy. Uh, this is Zach. Uh, you might remember me. I was the uh, director of photography on uh, the famous uh, Backyard Bar Wars. I know you love that show so much. I loved it, too. Um, love it. <laughs> but I think you might remember I, I left the show um, early because uh, I l legitimately lost my mind. I was going through a lot of stress, and I left the show to go to, like, a basically mental health rehab. And uh, one of the main reasons I went is just because um, – my career had had me basically traveling for eight to ten months a year, and I had kids at the time, and being away from my kids had just uh, destroyed me. Um, but at the time, I didn't know you you were sort of going through the same thing. Um, and it was interesting to me to find out later that, you know, that that's something that you struggled with as well, and it's kind of been such a difficult point in your life. And uh, I, it made me think, you know, maybe if during the show – you know, I, I could have been more open about it and found some common ground that me and you could have been sort of a resource for each other and maybe I wouldn't have gone so crazy. So I guess, um, well, I'm feeling better now, uh, obviously, and we've talked since then, but, um, I guess my question would be, oh, there's my one year old running in the room God. right now. Um, the kid sounds like Vito's mouth. Be, uh, <laughs> how, how would you recommend people sort of, especially males that are going through difficult things, uh, sort of find a common ground. Like, cause in that situation we could have, um, probably talked about it and, and it would have been therapeutic, but it, there was just no way that would have happened. So how, how can you, how can you, you know, sort of help, how can males find a common ground with one another, you know? So how, how could we be more open and stuff like that? Even if you're, seeing somebody else struggle because I have a problem opening up and I mean, you're pretty open, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just rambling now, but, uh, yeah, I just have a hard time opening up to other people, even if they're my friends or whatever it may be. So how would you recommend I do that? Oh, crying baby. Gotta go. All right. Bye. There <laughs> it is. All right. That's our good friend, Zach, Zach who I did work at, uh, with backyard bar was a show that I love so much. Um, and uh, is available, I believe, on HBO Max. Um, that, I think, I'm happy that he's attending to his baby. I don't know that if he has him chained up or not. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but how his main question, which, by the way, great voicemail. You know, it, keep it shorter if we can. I know Zach, you know, is doing a million things. And I'm being very careful because I don't want him to blow his head off. <laughs> so uh, I, I love you, Zach. Uh, I, I, 
But just keep it shorter. We'll get concise to the point. I know you got a baby. You're doing stuff. But, Zach, the good question at the end there was how do males, men, you know, common ground, how do we talk about our feelings? And uh, I think now more than ever, guys talk about their feelings. I think it's it's kind of becoming cooler to be more open and vulnerable. 100%. And also, I mean, you know, what I – could you guys have related? Yes. Do I think out of nowhere at a work thing, just being like, hey, man, I'm struggling. Are you? Yeah. You know, like that's probably pretty inappropriate at that time. But the key is to find something like I feel really comfortable with you. Right. Saying how I'm feeling. And right. even like, but even that, like stuff we talked about earlier, the miscarriage stuff, that's vulnerable, shit, yeah. open shit. And it makes me there's still a level of discomfort in talking to it talking about it but if there's somebody on the receiving end that you trust and you've already and you know that they're here for you it just makes it a little bit easier so i mean it it, the advice of make friends sucks but it is kind of like just find who you can have these conversations with also another big thing that's that's different in our world now but back then it was very hard to notice what people were going through because that was at the height of covid and we all wore masks and i'm telling you dude I guarantee you, if we weren't wearing as many masks, the depression was a, would be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. I think a lo- big part of why Zach and many other people probably had to you know, go get some help was because of that time. Totally. And, and part of the reason you're feeling better is because like, we're looking at each other's faces again. Yeah. Like, I, that's I, a- I filmed a TV show during COVID, and it, I've never felt more alone in my entire life. Dude. I was staying in a hotel on, the, on a highway in Atlanta. I got flown down there. I had like no communication with anybody really until we got there. Then they'd test you in this place. They'd kind of put you together, but they'd yell at you if you got too close. Your mask couldn't come down. Like it was such a high tense environment that like comedy almost couldn't even exist because of it. And and therefore, you know, anything you were good at, you're just in your head and it's so strenuous. It looked like everybody had that kind of like <laughs> look yeah. but also during that time people were trying to keep their shit together too right right so it was, yeah. yeah you're you're right though about that time yeah. especially people were dude going yeah i remember it. too on that show like i think we were doing the pilot like whoever like the covid czar was like whoever yeah. like the, the there was always like a covid yeah. person running she was like she like gave us like this speech in the beginning like the whole cast and crew and she was like keep your mask on if someone gets covid it is your fault if right. you can and i was like are you a dumb lady and yeah. then guess what She got COVID and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. This has been Chrissy Chaos. Thank you guys for all the calls. Patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. We're going to be talking about a bunch of other things. We got some stories about uh, Chinese monkeys. Um, We got uh, some of the stuff we've edited out. You can see there on Patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. New merch coming to ChristyComedy.com. The merch company we were with went bankrupt, but we are finding new one. Vito Record Ralph, Jihadi John Grady, Mike Cannon, Chrissy D. We're here. We're queer. Drink a beer. Not a Bud Light. <laughs>